Welcome to Real Black Consciousness Forum Podcast. Thanks for listening and remember to like, share, and comment on the content. Hit that notification tab, so you will know when new content has been uploaded. And now your host, Big VJ. Yeah, because you can get, you can just feel it. Yeah, you can, you can feel Welcome back to the podcast. Beloved, this is indeed your brother Big VJ checking in. Today's conversation, we are going to read an article. And this article can be found on the FBI's official website, right? And the name of the article is FBI announces new partnership with faith-based organizations and Radio One, right? So we're going to have a conversation about that. We are going to read the article in its entirety. And because it is a older article from 2009, uh, the way you have to find it is this. You have to go archives.fbi.gov. Right. But of course, like we always do, we're going to put the link in the description bar so you guys can find it and dissect it and read it in its entirety. Right. Uh, before we read the article, we want to say this. You know, we want to thank everybody that rock with us, that like, share, subscribe, um, that comment, that all that good stuff. We appreciate it, right? Whether you're on Google Podcasts, we also can be found on Amazon, Anchor, Spotify, YouTube, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, everywhere. Wherever you are, we appreciate you, right? You know, the way this podcast run is it runs through the comments and the articles that the listeners send us so we got a lot of bullets in the chamber right so we got a lot of good conversations and um, we can bring these articles out that's no problem we got a lot to talk about in the future with that I want to say this to our brother Kyle Jimerson right Beloved, if you can, um, beloved, we want you to help us kind of see where we're coming up short, right? Because the reason why we say that the article that you sent us, beloved, we read, we read that like two or three times and we're talking about an income disparity. So with the Rock Johnson getting a $30 million deal in stock awards to promote you know, to promote the brand as part of his new deal. Beloved, just help us see what we're not seeing because we're not seeing the income disparity because he's getting paid in stock awards, right? So much so that, check this out, because this is how we're seeing it right now. Unless you can kind of like help us out. This is how we're seeing it right now. Um, If our brothers that was in the NBA and in the NFL, and I, let's go back to maybe let's say the 80s, Maybe the early 90s when everybody started promoting brands, you know, okay. When we're getting these endorsement deals, if our people would have got paid in stock awards back then, there'd be billionaires over like 10 times over by now. Because as that company grew, because they're they're marketing and promoting the company, as that company grew, they would have grew financially. You know what I'm saying? So just think, if Magic would have got paid with Converse through stock awards or... You know, Michael Jordan would have got paid through stock awards. Or Charles Barkley, when Deion Sanders got his shoe, everybody got their shoe in stock awards. Um, they'd be billionaires. 
yet the people that was handling their careers, the hook nose, they just allowed our brothers to get a check, no ownership. Rock got a part of the ownership. You know what I'm saying? He getting the stock award. So just all I'm saying, beloved, is just help us see what we might be missing. You know what I'm saying? Because I think we're missing something, right? Okay, I just want to say that on that, right? So just DM us again and then just let us know what we're calling them short. Because we can't have a conversation about it. I can't see it, right? Um. Also, I want to say this. Shout out to our brother, Ran68, who identified a shortcoming that we had on one of our last conversations, right? We came up short with the numbers. We came up like... Fifteen hundred miles short, right? <laughs> so I want to say salute to our brother because the comment that you made made us go back to that episode. We edited that part out that was incorrect, and so I just want to just have a small conversation about that, right? Before we talk about what's going on with the FBI and Radio One and community leaders, let's go back a little bit. Let's dial it back a little bit. Let's talk about history, right? We had a conversation in which we were talking about the migrants. The migrants that was coming into America and in the state of Maine, they were able to live rent-free for two years. We're talking Africans not, right? Nobody from Latin America, all Africans is going to Maine. During that conversation, we took a detour and we began to talk about history, right? In this history, we began to point out the inaccuracies of the slave trade routes. So I just want to have a conversation briefly about a couple things, right? First off, the term African slave trade is, uh, it's, uh, it's almost, well, it's not almost, it's a little misleading because when you live in America, you know, and you're from the United States, when you hear African slave trade, you just assume that everybody that came over across the Atlantic in this trade was from the motherland. They're from West Coast somewhere, Central Africa somewhere, you know what I'm saying, uh, Southwest Africa somewhere. You put them on the continent is what I'm saying. And then somehow they came over. Uh, the fact that the matter is that many of our, our quote-unquote Africans are uh, or our African brothers and sisters that came over on this quote-unquote slave trade, they came from Europe. They were already citizens of Britain. They were already citizens of Portugal. They was already citizens of Spain. I want to say about four or five years ago, we broke down the word Ladino. Some may pronounce it Ladino, in which the quote-unquote African slaves that was coming over with the Spanish and the, and the Portuguese they didn't come from the continent. They were black folks that already lived in Europe and their families been living in Europe for centuries. It was it was nothing different with the British. Um, the shortest slave route when we talk about the British is it only made sense that the British go to Newfoundland, which is the territory that they, they already stole already. And then from Newfoundland, which is only 2,000 miles and some change, it's not 500 miles. It's 2,000 miles and change. And then travel south to New Amsterdam and boom, 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 boom. You're talking about North America. It only makes sense that they do that. 
it, it's nobody fighting on the ship. It's no, there's no slaves. There's no chains. They're just bringing the blacks from Britain to the from Limey Land to the Americas. That was already British citizens. Okay. Uh, let, let me say it this way. Let me say it in, in a historic way. Um. In 1596, right, um, Queen Elizabeth I, she issued a series of, of proclamations ordering the expulsion of black folks from her territory. This is Queen Elizabeth I. So she do it in 1596 first, right? And then she doubles down and she does it again in 1601 because what's going on is this. Britain is getting an influx of blackamoors. But the queen, Queen Elizabeth, she felt like, damn, it was already too many blackamoors in Britain already. So it's time for, it's time for, we got to go. These black folks have to go. They got to go somewhere, but they got to get up out of here. Okay, so boom. This is her words. This is her quote, not mine. The queen came out and said, um... Great numbers of niggas and blackamoors which have crept into this realm, they had to go. This is her words. She described black folks that live in Europe at this time in her territory as niggas and blackamoors. Now, you can cook on that yourself because she identifying two different kinds of people, but you can do it yourself. Now, this is why I don't like to get into the whole African thing. Because when you hear the quote-unquote African slave trade, you are thinking these are Ashantis, they're Ebos, you know, there's they're high size, possibly they're just you picking their Fulani and they're just throwing them on this ship and they're bringing them over. And that's not the case. It's bits and pieces. It's so many layers to this quote-unquote slave trade thing. But when you're in America, all you hear is the African. But you don't hear about that brother that got on that boat in Britain that his family been living in Britain for 200 years that got on the boat and had to come over here. That part you don't hear about. That's the part we talk about. Because the way they explain it to us, it, it never happened like we were told. And in fact, I can't even say we were all just sat down and told a, was told a lie. But when we watch Roots, we thought Roots was a real piece of history. We thought, we thought Alex Haley... The guy that was former Navy intelligence, Alex Haley, we thought that this was his family line. So we thought that story pertained to all of us, and it didn't. We didn't know that Alex Haley was lying. We didn't know that he never had a six or seven-time grandfather named Kunta Kinte. He made this shit up. He stole it. He's Listen, Alex Haley stole his story, a third of his story, from a small hat that made it in the book called The African. We didn't know that. So we watching this bullshit every year during Christmas like it's goddamn it's a piece of history and we took Alex Haley's story to our own selves not knowing that there was original people both black and brown already lived in the Americas before the devil got here before he brought the Africans with him we didn't even know that so that was a point I was just trying to make about the slave route but you can look this up yourself Queen Elizabeth I she said her land, her territory had too many niggas and blackamoors there. So they had to go somewhere. So why would you go down to Africa to try to get some slaves to send somewhere? And you already got these folks. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you already got original people living in Spain and Portugal in British and the British territory already. 
it didn't make logistical sense to go to go for for the for the British to because we need to look at some maps for the British to go from where they are to West Africa and then go from West Africa traveling all the way over 5,000 miles across the roughest part of the seas of the Atlantic to get back to North America. You can make the case for Spain and Portugal because when the Spanish and the Portugal, uh, the Portuguese part of me, when they got to West Africa, they didn't do nothing but go to South America, to the islands, Central America, which is a lot closer than coming all the way up back to North America. They just went to what they call quote unquote Latin America today, and that's just the South portion. That's not Brazil. In West Africa is not that far from each other. But that's not that's not British territory. We live in North America. We live in British territory. That's what they tell us, right? 13 British colonies is how this whole thing began. So why would the British take the same route where they had no colonies really in Central America, South America, and the islands? Why would they take that route when they can just come to Newfoundland and travel south, which is a much more closer route? So this whole idea of 400 naked people on a ship in chains and there was you know we know that the steamboat didn't come into play until to the 19th century we know this kind of things nobody's coming across the atlantic in a wooden boat and it's three four hundred people that's on it when we do do the research on the slave ship that came over you would see it's always a hundred and some people it ain't never no goddamn 300 and 400, nothing. Ain't nobody packed up like no goddamn sardines. And listen, I do you one better. Uh, there's a book called Black Cargo. There's a brother named Kashila. Kashila Lewis. It's called, uh, in America, they say Kujolo or Kujo. They say Kujo Lewis. Let me say it that way. He was the quote unquote last slave to leave from Africa and come to the Americas, right? He gives a perfect detailed story of his travels. Omar Ibn said, give a perfect story about his travels. This laying on the boat with the wood and you chained down and this nobody's seen that story. That came off roots. Nobody knows that story. So I just want to, we want to say that we want to talk a little bit about history before we have a conversation about the FBI. All right, so let's take a look at the article. Today, FBI Assistant Director John J. Miller, Office of Public Affairs, announced a new partnership with Radio One and several faith-based and community organizations to ensure open channels of communication for vital information in the event of a serious national incident. Let's cook on that first sentence first. Let's do that first. Let's do that first. Let's do that first. Um, how many of you guys knew that the FBI had a partnership with Radio One. Well, they got a new partnership. You know what I'm saying? Generally, in the English language, that means you had a partnership before. So the FBI got a new partnership with Radio One and several faith-based and community organizations. What community organizations are they talking about? We're going to get the names of them later. What uh, faith-based uh, <laughs> organizations are they talking about? In churches they're talking about. There's no mosques, just churches. There's no synagogues, just churches. We'll talk about that later. I don't re- I don't ever remember watching Radio One, because Radio One is TV one, it's the same thing. And listening to the Radio One channels 
uh, radio stations in this deal being announced. I don't give a goddamn if it wasn't 2009. I don't remember it. I don't remember some shit like that. I just don't. Do you? I don't remember these, this new partnership being announced to nobody in the village. I just don't. The innovative effort builds on the Brewers' continuing efforts to build direct lines of communication to individual and diverse communities. Let's go on to the next paragraph. Radio One is one of the largest radio broadcasting companies and the largest radio broadcaster. Let's stop. Let's cook on that. How do we know Radio One? Where do we know Radio One from? Because we kind of said it earlier. Radio One is TV One. How do we know TV One? Who owns TV One? Who's the founder of TV One? How many of us know Kathy Hughes? Our sister Kathy Hughes. Our brother Dewey Hughes. This is the home that is built by Kathy Hughes and Dewey Hughes from the DMV area. Um, there's a movie, right? Right. It's our brother named Don Cheeto, along with uh, our sister Taraji, right? There's a movie called Talk To Me. It is a must-see. I've seen that joint about four or five times. And it is a film about the life and the work of radio host Petey Green from the DMV area and how him and Dewey worked hand-in-hand to make magic happen in D.C. That's how I know who Dewey Hughes is. It's from that film. Right. Um, what do we know about this partnership? Have anybody ever spoke about it? Everybody ever heard of it? Radio One owns seventy radio stations and sixteen urban markets in the United States. The FBI will be able to swiftly communicate information to listeners and community leaders in the event of a significant incident. Um. So, let's cook on that. This this all came out in 2009. So, now it's time to sit in the seat of judgment. Because we got enough time had passed by to say, shit, I don't remember the FBI never passed no informative news to us as a village from these radio stations and from these community organizations and from these religious organizations. I don't remember nothing. Nothing stands out to me. Nothing. So what is this partnership really all about? Did the FBI provide any training? (laughs) Did the FBI provide any training to somebody in the village behind these, uh, all this incident, you know, this significant incident, occurrences, and I don't remember nothing. I don't remember anything. What is a real partnership about? This partnership helps us, which is the FBI, communicate with more than 750,000 members in various organizations, plus the 18 million listeners and viewers of Radio One and its affiliate TV One. The following faith-based organizations with combined congregations totaling 75,000 members have also joined in partnership with the FBI to build new schools in the black community. 
No, don't say that. Join in his partnership to build grocery stores, terrorism training, whatever, anything. No, don't say that. They just join in the partnership. Not with just any old church. Not just any old body. Organization with a combined totaling of 75,000 members. Why? Why? What is this partnership about? Why? I never heard of it. Why? Let's go over the list of these faith-based organizations. Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship, which is ran by Dr. Tony Evans. He's in partnership with the FBI. The Potter's House, Dallas, Texas. The Good Bishop, T.D. Jakes. Partnership with the FBI. The First Baptist Church of Glen Garden in Upper Marlboro, Maryland. The Good Pastor, John Jenkins. In partnership with the FBI. The Full Gospel Baptist Church in Decatur, Georgia. Under the leadership of Bishop Paul Morton is in partnership with the FBI. Greater Mount Calvary in D.C. Bishop Alfred Owens. Partnership with the FBI. The ever-increasing faith ministries in L.A. Dr. Fred Price. Man, let me tell you something. Man, when I was a young scrap, boy, you know, I, I think it's a son. Because I'm not sure if, uh, I, I don't want to put that on the man. But, dig, I just say this anyway. Man, you know, Fred Price, Dr. Fred Price was that deal. See, when you kind of come up like I came up, we had hooping preachers. <laughs> we, had, we had preachers that hooped. And he said, ah, come on and ah, bring that tithing ah, to the storehouse. Ah, we had that. We called that hooping. And it wasn't until we seen Dr. Dr. Fred Price on the television. He was just talking calm, plain. He's like, oh, man, okay, this brother, this is it, him. He said a whole lot. And I, I, we listened to a lot of that brother's sermons. We listened to a lot of T.D. Jake's sermons and Paul Martin. I don't remember them coming out and saying, hey, we got a new deal with the FBI. I don't remember that. That that escapes me. I just don't remember that. I don't remember them sitting, you know, sitting up having a photo op. Because you know the FBI and the CIA and all them alpha, they give photo ops now. You can see Mark Zuckerberg now. He got a picture. The CIA gave him an award. <laughs> Your question should be, he got an award for what? When you see that small hat standing up there with the CIA, he got the Different story, different day. I just, I never seen no, they, no photo op, no picture, no, we gonna announce our new deal. I never seen it, never heard about it. But we talking about it today. Oh no, it's just not Pochabin Company now. Pochabin ain't by itself. There's some organization, it's a Negro organization that's, that's down with the plan also. Three other organizations which already have working relationships with the FBA. I'm reading it off the website. I read it again. Three other organizations which already have been working 
They got good working relationships with the FBI. Have also joined in this initiative. Well, who are these three organizations? The, the Nation of Islam? <laughs> no. The Temple of More Science? No. Who could it be? The Tribe of Shabazz? Nope. The RBGs? Nope. Nope. The New Black Panther Party? Nope. The NAACP? The Urban League? The Southern Poverty Law Center? Alone with Reverend Pochop and company, with the congregations totaling up to 75,000 members, along with Radio One and TV One, all got some partnership with the feds that nobody can really explain what it's really all about. Let's close out. This is a quote and unquote. The FBI's partnership with these respected organizations puts into a place an unprecedented dialogue for information sharing should any crisis occur in the nation's capital or anywhere else in the United States. They're stoolies now? Sound like these folks are stoolies a little bit. They, they stool pigeons all of a sudden. This can't be. This can't be. This can't be. That's a quote and unquote from the assistant director Miller himself. Partnerships like these or like this help provide transparency for the FBI and get swift direct information to the community. What is the FBI sending through Pochop Preachers and the NAACP and TV One to tell us? Because I haven't got no messages from them. So what are they trying to get to us that because what is it I'm not getting the message what is this partnership all about do these guys get a phone do you get a special phone with a special Texas right on that how does this work you know they say they give they give uh <laughs> they say the feds right and some of these you know some of the programs I just say these programs they give these ex-gang members these old school blackberries, right? That's the word of the day. You know, they got the, you know, they don't even, ma- I ain't know they make blackberries no more. But they got these blackberries that they hand these ex-gang members so they can just, you know, if they see something, you see something, say something. <laughs> Is they giving these the poach out? The NAACP working with the feds? That just don't even, that sound kind of weird. The Urban League working with the feds? Look, look, here's the real question. Here's, here's Maybe this is a better question. Ain't it odd that the government can always find Reverend Poach out to work with? They can always find Reverend Poach. I just seen the video, beloved, where they had Genocide Joe. Genocide Joe, He they got some, some Poach out preachers. They got their hands on Genocide Joe. They just praying for Genocide Joe. <laughs> I don't even know why. But they just praying for the dude. And I'm like, why? Why? You never see the Hispanic preachers doing this. 
you never see you never see you know you know it's like it's it's a whole different kind of vibe when you see these politicians around these jewish people in these synagogues it's never like that you always see like the rabbis just kind of sitting down they chilling and they kind of it's a conversation thing and then um when you see they they you know these politicians they go by the catholic churches the catholic you just see like the priest just sitting there and he's like chilling Every time they come by the Negro church, it's like they got to include Buddy in activities and let Buddy get up on a, you never, in, I've never in my life, you would never in your life see a, a politician at the synagogue on the microphone up there with a rabbi and he just got something to say. <laughs> you never see him in the mines. You would never see this politician in the mines and he, he on the rostrum, he just got something to say. They don't let him get up there. He don't even go there. He can find his way. It's like he got a GPS on his phone to take him to the Negro church. And as soon as he get into the Negro church, any politician, they can get all up on a, the pulpit, all on the microphone. They're getting good prayer in the back and all this. I'm like, bro, you can't make it up. Then they're making deals with the preacher. A partnership. A partnership with the FBI? What is a partnership about? Nobody knows. <laughs> Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Nathan Davis line ain't nowhere around this thing. The Moorish Science Temple ain't nowhere around this thing. The Hebrew Israelite brothers and sisters ain't nowhere around this thing. Can you imagine? Now, listen, listen. I'm, I'm going to show you how funny our people is. Let's just say our brother Bay, right? From the more science simple. Let's say Tariq Bay, this comes out, he got a partnership with the FBI. What will we be saying about him in the village? This come out. This this come out. This article come out. They put it on their website. This article come out. And they say, yo, it, it, let's just say that Puffy, who was in a lot of hot water, let's take Kathy Hughes' name down. Let's put Sean Combs up there. Oh, Revolt TV. Sean Combs and Revolt TV got a partnership with the FBI. What would the village say if they seen that? All right, let's take that down. Let's take the Potter's House down. You know what I'm saying? By TDJs. Let's say uh, the Nation of Islam, led by Minister Farrakhan, got a partnership with the FBI. What would you say? What would you say? You're like, man, I don't know. <laughs> I ain't going back to the temple no more. <laughs> that just seemed off. But... When they let Pochop do it. And the NAACP do it. And Kathy Hughes do it. It's not off. And now we have to ask ourselves. Why? And we just leave it there. Peace and black power to your family. (laughs) Beloved, we thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys for hanging out. Beloved, this is indeed... Real Black Country to Form Podcast. I am your brother V, man. I'm going to get it with you guys later. Peace. Peace. And beloved, more peace. There were international treaties that stated that they could not enslave you if you was a Moor. That's why when you look in the Black Coast of Virginia, it said all these are considered slaves except for Moors and Turks and Amity. 
And amity meaning that you have an outstanding treaty of peace and friendship. So they couldn't slave you as boys. So they had to snatch up the children at birth, switch them up to some other place, and raise them up, tell them, oh, you descendants of some Africans that we brought in West Africa. You see what I'm saying? And that did two things. That denied them of their aboriginal rights of being here before Columbus in this hemisphere. And at the same time, it put them in the category of chattel property. All right? So whenever we call ourselves by those names, we put ourselves in that same category. See, the Moors, you know, we deal with science, more science, you know? So if I was to ask you, how do you identify yourself? And if you were to tell me, black, I would say, no, that's, 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 that's not an identification of yourself. That's black is an adjective. An adjective describes a thing, but it does not identify a thing. And if you say you were black, I would say that was an unscientific or inaccurate description at that because you're not really black. You're various shades of brown. So not only is that description uh, not, not, does not identify you, but it's an inaccurate description of you at that. If you tell me you African-American, well, Africa is a continent made up of many nations. So when you so when you say African, you're not identifying yourself, you're not connecting yourself to any nation with any continuity of laws, treaties, and so on and so forth. So when you say African American, that's like, well, you have no established rights in the, in, the, in the history of law that we could go by. You see what I'm saying? This is why the prophet squarely said Morris American. That tied us into the illustrious past of our ancestors as well as all the international treaties that was involved. And this was a nation, an empire that was recognized the world over. So now you tie yourself to something that, that's tangible with a flag, with a historical context, with landmass, treaties, so on. Thanks for listening. Remember to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Google, Anchor, Spotify and Facebook. Also, don't forget to like, share, and comment on the podcast. Your opinion of what you just heard is important to the platform. So yes, beloved, your comments are the engine and fuel to the machine. Stay blessed and have a powerful day.